everyone. Welcome to the special episode of For the Love of Books podcast about social media influencing with host author Eva Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavan, The Lowell Ledger, and author Larry Bailey. Today, I will be chatting with social influencer Douglas Kelly of Lowell, who has been a partner at Evolve Solutions since 2002 when the company was founded. The firm specializes in website design, marketing strategy, e-commerce, application installation, and internet business development. Hello, Douglas. How are you on this very hot summer day? I'm doing very well. I am indoors in the air conditioning today, and uh, it's been lovely. Oh, I love it too. Okay, tell us, how did you become an influencer? A social media influencer, what does it take to be one? Are influencers born or made? Uh, I would say both. So um, the reason that we started talking is that I uh, was recently featured in a movie on on influence and what that means. And um, essentially, I relay in this new film that I was not very good on a stage in high school at all. And I really needed to work to get good at use of my voice and not being afraid to talk. It's the same thing with social media. You have to find your voice. You have to put together a plan and then you have to utilize that voice and be effective with it. So that's, that's how you become an influencer. You have to have content that people resonate with. Um, and that's, that's in any realm where you can potentially influence somebody that could be in commercials that could be in just about anything, right? You have to have a presence that people want to react with to, to utilize. Okay. So let's say, how would this work for authors? How can authors influence readers to buy their books? There's a, a several different ways. I have really gotten into a social media platform called Clubhouse and people will go on there and talk about their book. They may even hire someone to read that book for them right, right in the social media app. And as you're, you're plugging away, moving around inside that app, um, you'll, you'll notice somebody reading something and maybe you want to listen to a book for free, um, you know, electronic book for an hour or something. And um, another way is to use your Instagram. That way you can post a picture of it. You can post yourself reading the file or post somebody else reading, you know, the, the book. Um, Facebook is a great way to interject with your readers. So if they follow you, you can let them know, hey, this new book is out. It, it is about relationship with your readers on social media. So you have to listen to them. You have to respond and form that interaction. Like, I mean, it's, it's a conversation. Social media is a conversation. And if you're just trying to sell, 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 you're not going to go very far. But if you're willing to listen and you're willing to, to reach out and discuss whatever it is about the book or what you're writing, um, you're going to get a bigger audience. Absolutely. How does an author create a marketing strategy for her or his new book? How would we go about as authors creating a marketing strategy, whether on Clubhouse or any app? 
or any app? Sure. Um, there are definitely some free things out there. It's not going to go very far. You know, you can hire somebody on Fiverr to help you. Again, it, it's you're not getting the best and brightest when you do that. But if you hire someone, um, either you know myself or, or someone like me that can sit down and develop a marketing strategy with you that you're comfortable with, because it should be an interaction again between two people discussing something. Um, and authors need to have that that interjection as well. So this this uh, one room that I was in today on Clubhouse, we were talking about how. Um, voice actors can create websites or have them created. And one of the, the voice actors was talking about how she, she did a website for herself. She did it herself. And then she thought, you know, I should hire somebody. And she got one straight out of college. And the person came back with what she thought a 12 year old could do. So you really want to kind of interview anybody that, that you want to hire to do a marketing strategy for you. But I would look into, there's boilerplate stuff out there if you really don't have mm -hmm. the money right now. Um, and we also discussed, you know, that, that brand can change over time. So after, you know, your, your first book has made the top 10 or whatever, and um, <laughs> now you're, you're making some good money, maybe, maybe get a, a good marketing person because then it's, it's going to soar. You know, um, once, once you get a following, you're just going to soar. So how do you create engaging content? Again, let's talk about authors or even a movie, but how do you create that constantly engaging content when you have to do regular posts on everything, blog posts, right? I mean, those sure. posts have to be regular in order for them to be effective. So how do you keep it rolling and pumping it up every day. I hear that over and over from my authors who I interview that they have trouble, you know, creating the constant engaging content on regular basis. So there's a couple of different platforms out there and they don't cost that much. And there's even free versions of them. There's one called buffer. And then there's another one called owl. And they allow you to post to multiple platforms and you can select the date and time when your brief bit of content is going to go out. And you want to keep it to, if, if you're going to be posting verbiage, you want to keep it to that Twitter 140 characters. I mean, you know, right. on Facebook, you can go more, but the authors would understand you want to keep things above the fold. Mm -hmm. And that refers back to the newspapers where, right. you know, the best content is on the top of that page awesome. and then you awesome. unfold it for the stuff at the bottom. But you want to keep the most important information at the top of that post right. so that they don't have to hit the more to see the best part, you know? Right. I, and, and I fear that, that many, you know, newspaper writers, they start out with all of this fluffy stuff at the top when you really just want that meat. So you start with some meat and then you add some fluff and then you add some more, more meat. Fluff. Right? Or yeah, yeah, you can alternate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and, you know, if they're authors, they should really know how to write. So right. hopefully they've been, you know, copywriters early in their careers, you know, before they could, you know, get some novels out. Um, so that they know you have to impact with, with your verbiage. You have to understand what your audience wants to hear. And 
you know, I would even go so far as to put out a, uh, a vote, like a, like a survey and say, what resonated with you to the people that not just the people that really like you, but even some of the people that don't, because if they're going to come back and say, well, I didn't like this and I didn't like that. Um, it's still critiquing what you're doing and, and it's still going to help you in your endeavors going forward. So how do you appeal to the people who don't like you when let's say you get a negative review? There's always going to be people that don't like you. Um, there just are. And you can try to reach out and try to develop a friendship with them um, at some very high level. It's, it's a matter of your personality. You may not even care, you know. Um, right. uh, you, you might be an old curmudgeon that, no, I'm not going to do it. But if you actually care about your audience and, and in growing that audience, you kind of have to change a little bit of, of who your public persona is. And you don't have to be that way all the time. You can go home and be a curmudgeon. But, um, you know, if you want to grow an audience, you kind of have to be a little bit of an actor, right? You kind of have to, yeah, have to get up and, and be positive and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I it's, agree. It's a, learning, it's a learning process. You know, I, like I said in that movie, you know, I, I couldn't get up on stage and speak. I was horrible at it. I could make great graphics. I could write really well. But as soon as I got on stage, I ummed and hemmed and 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 uh, uh, and and it doesn't flow. It it just doesn't flow. So you have to get better at your craft. You have to if if that's what your craft, your secondary craft, your first craft is you know writing the novel. But the second craft is selling that novel. If you can't hire a publisher right now, and that's that's what publishers do is they help you market. But I mean, you can also hire marketers to help you market, depending on the price of, of what they charge and the price of what the publisher charges. You know, so there's there's different ways of doing it, but you you kind of have to act a little bit. You kind of have to be a little bit of a different person. So now that you have all this experience, you sent me that video that you were afraid of public speaking, and most people are. And some authors I can get on the podcast because they have a problem with this. Uh, what would you recommend to them? What kind of tips would you give to them? Why should they appear on the yeah. podcast? Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so like what I said in that video, you have to practice at it. I mean, they had to practice at writing their novels and books. Right. I'm very sure that there's almost 90% of all authors throw away their first novel, you know? Unless you're, what's her name, who wrote Catcher in the Rye, you know, it, it, it's just, it's not going to happen your first time out, you know. Um, so it's practice. It's practice. And the only reason I got this good on being on stage, being in front of a camera, being behind a mic is just by practicing. I had to develop this voice of mine. I had to develop the ability to think ahead a little bit as I was talking so that I didn't stumble over my words. I had to work on inflection. And all of these things translate into social media. And I would say that most authors need to get on screen. They need to get some Instagram, Facebook reels, stuff like that, talking about their book, reading an excerpt, because people like that. Video is, YouTube is the second largest search engine on the planet. Really, YouTube? Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. We just think that YouTube is a place to go watch videos, but it, 
it's a search. You, it's you a are search, searching. right? Yeah, uh -huh. it is the second largest search engine on the planet. And the, uh -huh. there's a Chinese one. There's a Chinese search engine that's coming right up behind it. But yeah, and, and guess who owns YouTube? I don't know. Google. And Google, Google. is the top search. Google is the top search engine. So they own the top two search oh, so engines. They own the top two. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Good for them, right? Good for them. They that makes everything easier. How dangerous can social media influencing become or be? There was just a report on it i think yesterday on tv they can really be dangerous and i think they're referring to TikTok and stuff like that they can be used as espionage yes so um social media as an influencing um body with TikTok, twitter we saw it you know with with donald the donald trump era mm-hmm we, we see it with Facebook in their algorithms and how Facebook wants to show you, it's, it's called a filter bubble. They filter out the content that they don't think you want to see. And they filter in the content that they believe you're going to interact with more. Um, Twitter does that at a very small level based on the fact that you follow people. And when you interact with them, then they, they bubble that up to the top. But TikTok, TikTok's probably the worst one because of their audience. And their audience is people under 35, 30, you know. Um, right. So the younger people can be influenced at a greater level than people that have been around the block three, four times. Mm -hmm. And TikTok definitely filters the content based both on what you interact with and their algorithms pick up other authors of the content that they believe you would interact with as well. So if you think about like Spotify and Pandora as music services, mm -hmm. you, know, you, you plug in an artist, right? And say, go, and it just starts pulling in things that they believe are similar to what you're listening to. And then you can say, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. But it, um, same kind of algorithms. They want to you with the best content um, they believe so that you will interact with the app more. So how can we beat these algorithms by creating another algorithm against that? <laughs> so if, if you're as, a, as an end user, if you're trying to beat the algorithm, it is adding in all kinds of different content. So when you get into any of these social media apps, it asks you, what kind of things do you like? And they mm -hmm. give you a whole host of things. Yes. Clubhouse is the same way, um, you know, because they want to, again, serve up the content that you're going to interact with. So when you go through that very beginning process, it takes, you know, what, 15 minutes or whatever. Um, put in some, like, diametrically opposed things, things that aren't all, you know, Republican, far right, um, anti this, anti, you know, whatever. Okay. Put in some other things, you know, put in some CNN once in a while, put in some, you know, um, other, other types of media or, or other outlets. And, and then you will get other things into your feed and you can kind of broaden your mind a little bit more, but it's, it's the social media apps understand this, the human psyche 
and they understand that we want to be around people that, that think like we do. And we get pissed off with people that are on the other side of the aisle, especially in, in today's society. So I think as a society, we need to change how we utilize content. And I mean, that's, that's how you're going to combat it in your own life. Now, combating algorithms from a user content provider, it's, it's somewhat similar. You, you post content that may be off of what you believe or, mm -hmm. um, so what, what we generally say to anybody that's posting content on social, post a little bit about yourself, post mm -hmm. a little bit about your product, you know, okay. kind of a sales standpoint, post a little bit about something that interests you post a little bit of something that might interest people that are reading your books in this instance. So you have to have, I'm giving you guys just a little bit of marketing strategy here. Um, you have to have a little bit of diverse content. You can't sell, 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 sell. Right, right. And, and you can't just talk about yourself all the time. You have to talk about a lot of different things and, and provide content that people are like, oh, wow, he's got a dog. Look, he throws the dog in, throws the dog, throws the stick into the water and the dog chases. That's kind of cool and cute. You know, it, it lends kind of a, a new dimension to who you are. Sure. How about keywords? Tell us how important it is to select the right keywords when we're logging in data for our book. So what, we can log in up to six or eight different keywords. How should are we- you talking are you talking uh, in, about for your website? Um, now I'm talking for KDL Publishing by Amazon. That's most independent authors we publish on KDL Publishing. KDP, okay. sorry, KDP Publishing. Kindle Direct okay. Publishing, and we can put up to six or eight. I'm not sure, but how should we select these keywords? The best, sometimes, you know, we struggle with this. You know, what would be our best strategy to pick the right keyword? Sure. So um, I work with a lot of different types of companies when it comes to search engine optimization. And essentially, mm -hmm. Amazon, is it's got a search engine involved in it. Um, right. So you, you want to select keywords that you believe um, pertain to your novel. Okay. So... Um, you know, one of the big uh, things that people search for on, on eBay are Christian books. They, okay. they sell a lot of Christian books on, on eBay. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's one of your keywords. Uh, thriller, of course, if your book is a thriller, you want to put that in there. Um, it, it, it really is how you designate, you know, is, is my book a comedy book, right? Okay. Um, is it a comedy thriller? Is it, you know, is it male dominated? Is it um, a diverse, you know, cast type thing? And so I don't know because I've not dealt with the KDL Amazon thing, but if you can get like in other applications, what are called long tail keywords, which means multiple words between the commas, um, that makes for a better search because people may search for that long tail or they may search for one of the words in those, those that, you know, between the commas, say three words, and it'll help return results that people, the books that they want to, they want to read. So, okay. um, and don't, please, 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 uh, in, in Amazon, don't put in 
the same, we'll say if, if it's three different long tail sets of keywords, something that is just slightly changed with the same kind of words. All right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Because you already have yeah. the word in there. Utilize more words. You know, you're, right. you're supposed to be good at verbiage, so use your words. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. All right. Now to all of your projects. Tell us about your projects. Your movie. Then you had some comedies. So some old time oh, radio. Yeah. Radio yeah. dramas. Radio, yeah. old so time I, radio dramas and comedy yeah. improv. Tell us about yeah. your project. Yeah. So I I got into Clubhouse, of course, when um when COVID hit and you had to stay indoors. So I was getting into some Zoom calls with people on on LinkedIn and stuff, just trying to keep business flowing because you couldn't meet in person anymore. And somebody tells me that Elon Musk just got on Clubhouse. And I'm going, well, if he's involved, let's check that out. It was invitation only and Apple iPhone only at the time. And so I hunted around all over on LinkedIn, Facebook. Hey, does anybody have an invite for me? When I finally got in, there were all, already 3 million people using this thing. And I started kind of moving around in there. I ran across a group of people and they asked me to um, essentially deliver news in the morning. They decided to do kind of like a radio show. It's kind of like the Today Show, but just with radio. And it's not really radio because you're on, you know, on the web. But anyway, um, somebody came into the room. We kind of riffed on each other, having a good time talking. And offline, he messages me and says, hey, you should come into our, our improv comedy room um, and play a part. I'm going, uh, I should probably listen to it first. And he goes, no, 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 you'll be fine. We'll have a pre-show, like a green room type thing. And we'll, we'll get you all set up with, with who your part's going to be. And it's just, you, you riff really well, you're, you're quick-witted, you just go. And he said, I think you'd be great in this. So I hopped in and the first week I played a, uh, a lube salesman. Um, so they were, they were talking about aliens coming down. And the, the question was, it was like a, it was like a, uh, um, a Jerry Springer show type thing, you know, with, with two people on stage asking mm -hmm. questions and have you been probed by an alien was one of the questions. Uh, have you married an alien? Are you an alien? It was just a, a total spoof, you know, comedy thing. And I was, I was the lube salesman. So if you got probed, you know, it, it wouldn't hurt as bad. And the next week they had me play a leprechaun. And then, um, let's see, the following week they had me play a Cajun chef. And people just started responding to me and I started getting other jobs. Now, this wasn't a paid gig. This was just me having fun. Okay. And then the next week I played Optimus Prime from the Autobots and the, you know, the, the whole Transformer series. Um, and all of these voices were completely different. And it just started snowballing people going, damn, this guy's voice is pretty good. And he's, <laughs> he can do a bunch of different voices. Um, I did play my own voice one time, Cajun Chef, you guys said that already, right? Um, I just had a blast with it, and I started popping another improv rooms on there, and, you know, those weeks where I was doing all those different voices, we'd get 150 to 200 people coming into the room to listen to us, and uh, that many from there, get, really, you get 200 yeah. Oh, yeah. people yeah. Yeah. listening I mean, to you yes. doing yeah. this. 
Wow, yes. that that's good audience. Yeah, that's a pretty good audience. We we called it sticky ears because you know when you're on the web, it's sticky eyes. People, you know, viewing your mm -hmm. content. And so I did a few more improv rooms with this troupe. Um, these are these are national um, comedy actors too. I mean, these are people that have they've been on TV and radio. Really? And, yeah. In fact, my, I have I have an acting coach, voice acting coach, who's been on all kinds of different shows and movies, which is kind of cool. Um, what else? So the documentary yeah, then, you mentioned something yeah, about so, yeah, your documentary. I, I did this, yeah, this this documentary that I did. I met the the producers on Clubhouse. I had popped into a room on a Saturday night in December or January. It was December. And one of the producers was talking about her movie and she messages me back channel and says, I need to talk to you. I want you in my movie. We had barely known each other that, that long, you know, a couple of months we'd been in a couple of rooms together and had conversations. And I'm like, what? I need to know more about this. I, I've never been in a movie. I've been on TV a few times, you know, being interviewed for things, but I've never, never ever been in a movie or a television show. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're going to be a natural. So it's a documentary. I'm not really acting in this. I'm just, I'm, I'm one of the people that's being interviewed. Um, and after, you know, so I used to be an art director. I guess I technically still could be, but um, I, I've directed some commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to the producers and, well, the one in particular, and said, I have some ideas how you can make this thing better. And the next day she calls me up and says, I think I want you to be my assistant director on this film. What? Okay. I didn't need to know more again because I, I've never, I've been an art director, but not ever directed a movie in any strength. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really love the acting. I, I really love becoming someone else. And like I said, authors need to do that as well. Right. So yeah, and one of these clubhouse things, there were 27 actors, uh, producers, narrator, and a sound engineer. And we did the um, first three Matrix movies in three hours, all in one take. <clears throat> Is it like a, a radio? How, did you, how did you do that all in one take? We had practiced and practiced and practiced and... We just went. Hmm. So now you're the AD, right? Assistant director. Yeah, now I'm the, the AD movie. in a film. So have you started filming or what's the status? Yeah, so we've started filming. Um, I think eight of us have been filmed. Um, we're still, I, I think I have two signed. You know, I helped, uh, I wanted to further the film. And she wants two more. So, but it's all on hold right now. She's, she's talking to streaming media and stuff like that. And um, she's got some other stuff going on, but okay. um, I, it, she's, she's passionate about this thing. She really wants this thing to go. She thinks it'll be, um, so I don't know if you knew this, but one of the biggest uh, pieces of content that are watched and viewed on streaming media are documentaries yeah or documentary I style films mm -hmm. yes it's yep. huge i didn't know it when she she 
Oh yeah. Challenged me uh, to do this. I'm like, oh, who's gonna watch a documentary? Oh, She's like, oh my gosh, everybody. Everybody. Everybody's will watching. Watch. Yes. What is this lady's name? This movie director. Uh, her name is Hillary Merrick. Hillary Merrick. She's directed or produced some short films that are on YouTube. This is her first uh, feature length. Okay, so when do you expect that to be out? She was hoping for February, but you know we're well past that at this point. Right. Um, but that happens, from what I understand, in in many things. You know, oh, you yes. shoot for a particular time, and you're not you're not going to oh, yeah. need it. So how about budget and all that stuff? Script? How does that go? in this type of a production? Do you still have to so, have a script, a budget? Well, so yeah, there's a, it's a very small budget, but you know, once you hit um, the streaming media platforms, then you know, you're, you're, you're getting all that back. Uh, she has put out a GoFundMe to help mm -hmm. fund it. She's reached out to a couple of investors. She's reached out to a couple of different um, of the movie houses you know, not a paramount, of course, but, you know, somebody that would buy the film outright. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, if, if they were to purchase this, then you could add some more, some more money to the whole production. But it, it's not really a script. It is a series of questions okay. that are asked right. of us. And we just All answer right. them the best that we know how. Um, a lot of the people sat down and wrote up their answers and then read them. I did not. I threw the questions down next to me and I just went I read through them three times mm -hmm. and then I just went but I'm so much better at improving answers to questions than mm -hmm. going off a script you know okay. if I just have a list of bullet points to go off of and I have the knowledge of whatever it is I'm discussing I do so much better and I found that out I was hit upside the head with that um right after COVID kind of let up no right before COVID sorry I, I did a talk on um, digital ADA compliance, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act, yeah. which is a big part of my web design business. And I scripted the whole thing and I, I just, I followed the script the entire way through and I stumbled and I stumbled. But the time before, when I got up in front of um, a bunch of investment types that were helping small businesses get off the ground, I just went, I just went because I know the topic, but I didn't have any slides that I needed to go from. And I, I will change every presentation going forward to just go. So, and that's, that's up to the individual. You have to know who you are and who you can become to, to be yeah. great with content like that. You know, yeah. if, if you can only do it scripted, then script it and read it and don't film yourself. Right. So you, you have to know your limits, but I think anyone can stretch your limits. I think anyone can push the envelope. I believe that. I believe that. Would you recommend Clubhouse to authors? I would. I mean, anybody that puts out any sort of content, whether that be an author, whether that be uh, screenwriters, um, you know, they're... I've been in a few screenwriter rooms just to see because I think I want to script my life right now. The, the craziness that's going on in my life. I think people would, would because <laughs> every time I tell my story right now, they're like, whoa, that should be in a movie. I'm like, well, 
Well, you should script it, Douglas. Start <laughs> scripting. Start writing. Well, right? I have started. I have started writing. I have started writing. Um, I don't know whether to go straight to the script um, because I am meeting these 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 writers and actors and developers, not mm -hmm. developers, um, producers. Um, recently met Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek, and um, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I also know a. Uh, uh, what is he kind of like a headhunter kind of like a, a talent um talent guy that finds you talent okay. so we'll see where it goes we'll yeah, I, sure. I, would, I would like this i just it's, i'm doing it for fun right now but if i can make some money at it why not right why if, not? if you're a woodworker and you can sell that stuff why not do it sure well, anyways, my tip to you is if you do write a screenplay, use Final Draft. I'm serious. Okay. I've written okay. a few. It's the best that's out there. You can use it nice. on your iPad, the smaller version. It's just perfect. All right. How about electronic billboards, Douglas? Have you ever heard of what are electronic billboards? So, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been in marketing for a while, and the only electronic billboards I've ever heard of are the ones that are on the side of the road that, that flip that, that screen every minute. And the reason those are great for businesses is because um, – they, they set it up to go through, you know, several times a day. So you're getting a different audience all of the time. And it's great for the content provider because now you don't have one static billboard. So if mm -hmm. that's what these people are talking about, I mean, it is, it's very smart. You, you, I saw them first in Chicago in the, in the late 80s. Me too. But they're, Me yeah, too. they're all over now. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know what a price tag for one of those is. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know pick the dime a day because sometimes it costs more peak times, but you want more sticky eyes. You want people to see what you're producing. And um, I mean, we, we all drive pretty much, or at least we're hopping pretty on the much. bus. Pretty much. You know? So um, if, if that's what they're talking about there, I've seen some prices back in the day. I got some prices for some clients and I believe the prices have come down because the cost of the delivery is, is going down. So the machines that, that deliver the content, it's not as expensive to, to put up one of those big billboards anymore. So Okay, so we should look into that as authors? Into electronic I think so. Billboards? I mean, you know, you, you asked me about it before and, and, and mm -hmm. I went through two pages of search and I couldn't find anything <laughs> other than the, the uh, digital billboards. So, so it is the digital I, thing. Yeah, it so it's an electronic digital? billboard. Yeah, it, it's digital. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And what year did you graduate from Lowell High School? You're a local oh, person. Oh, gosh. You're yeah. a local uh, person. I'm a, I'm a local person. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 1988, I graduated from Lowell High from School. From high school. Uh, immediately joined the Air Force after working my final summer as a lifeguard. And uh, I, I looked good back then. I was... Thanks, 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 thanks. But um, yeah, I was getting ready for the Air Force that summer and, and I looked good. Joined the Air Force <laughs> after um, after three years. So I worked for the police on base um, for three years. And then I was able to switch over to graphic design, which kicked off then, you know, my marketing career and sure. website design career. Sure. 
So I actually learned HTML while it's the language behind uh, the display of a website mm-hmm. while in the Air Force. So this was two or three years before, you know, the, the, the graphical user interface that we have sure. now um, kind of came out. Uh, I, I went, for, went to work for a couple of companies here in West Michigan. One is Meyer. Okay, we have less than one minute left. So we have your parting shots. What would you like to leave? Parting shot is try 